All right, guys. Thanks for hanging in there with us as we start this ninth episode of the Mighty Thor podcast. No, it's been a little while. And uh, here is where I would insert excuse, but I'm not going to. Um, we just haven't been doing them for a little while. Uh, can't really say why, but we're back on the horse now. So um, don't worry about the not listening. Just start listening, and it's all good. Uh, as usual, uh, my name is Ed. I'm one half of the co the coasting team for the podcast and the other half it's terry hi and i think i'm gonna ride silver today since we're back on the horse on the horse oh wait wait was that a joke yes oh okay i know it was very small well we're we're all snowed in so you know we we have to use what we've got because we certainly can't get out and get any more yeah, they can't go out and purchase a better sense of humor. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. You'll have to wait maybe till next week. Maybe we get a chance to get out. Okay. Um, let's start off the show with a little bit of feedback here. Uh, we've gotten another email from our friend Way, spelled W-E-I. So now we know it's pronounced Way because he told us. Mm-hmm. He says, "Hi guys. It's excuse me. He says, "Hey guys. It's me again." I just want to start by saying don't worry about listener contact. It often takes some time for listeners to start participating on a regular basis. There are a lot of people with a built-in penchant, uh, for the lack of any better way of putting it, for calling or emailing in. Typically, the active participators are a small fraction of the total number of listeners. Myself, I have a hard time with email unless I actually have something to say. I guess my point is that you're only eight podcasts in as of the point of my writing this, so you've got plenty of time to build up an active listenership. You'll do it. Have faith. Anyway, I've noticed that you're covering the main Thor books, Journey into Mystery, and the other Thor books when they come out. Have you considered covering other things, Thor? For example, um, Marvel currently has a mini called Thor First Thunder that is retelling, rewriting the first time Dr. Blake became Thor. It has some retcons in it, such as Thor and Blake being of two different minds, able to talk to each other. As for the latest issue, the reason the world killers are running loose is because Asgard is not where it's supposed to be. Its presence in its proper location likely blocks their ability to access other dimensions. It's actually part of M-theory in quantum physics. While I can appreciate the story for what it is, I don't like my quantum physics mixing with my Thor. Faithful listener, Way. Thank you, Way. So there's a little bit of an explanation as to why it's not there. It allowed this to happen and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, we had discussed that before also being the, being the case. Right. And as far as the other things, um, Terry and I have talked about it, and we haven't mentioned it because since we started, I don't believe there's really been any miniseries that have started and ended yet. Um, probably what we'll do is as these different miniseries um, come up and expire, and I know there's several. There's uh, First Thunder, Four Asgard, um, Thor the Mighty Avenger, which was an ongoing but has been canceled, and so it'll only be eight issues long. Warriors Three, Loki. Uh, and we did that one standalone. That's just off the top of my head. A Thor. 
uh, one shot we did yeah. early on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, what we're, we've been thinking about doing is waiting until these mini series is finished. That way we can sit down and read them from beginning to end. And then we'll sit down and talk about the whole storyline rather than talking about each of the individual issues like we are Thor or Journey into Mystery. Uh, one of the main reasons that, that I wanted to do it that way is just to cut down on the amount of time that, uh, Terry and I sit here rambling on. That way we just talk about one whole storyline, which hopefully is going to be what a miniseries is, as one complete thing and not break it down issue by issue because it, you know, it takes us 15, 20 minutes to talk about a book. Well, there's, I don't know, five or six books any given month. So, you know, we're looking at three or four hours, uh, talking about the books, maybe an hour or two on a show and, you know, so I, I thought just to try to keep things a little concise, which this explanation really isn't, uh, we would just. Yes, we, we have ruined the whole uh, Right, the, the whole point is just <laughs> lost. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we do plan to talk about these other miniseries as they finish and we'll, we'll just talk about them all as, as one thing. Okay, so today's, um, Books that we're going to talk about. Uh, it's been a little while. Uh, you guys probably don't even remember where we left off at. Um, we've got issues 100 and 101 of Journey into Mystery and issue 616 of the ongoing Thor title. So issue 100 of Journey into Mystery is the second of a two-part story involving Mr. Hyde. Now, this is the origin story of Mr. Hyde, which I think is really cool because he's still a, a character that pops up around now. On the cover, we have a um, big blurb here that says, you will never forget Thor's showdown with Mr. Hyde, and it shows Thor probably flying or coasting a little bit here in the air, but Mr. Hyde and Jane Foster are on the deck of a submarine that's floating in, in the water, and it says... Oh, never mind. That blurb is about the second story in the book. So you will never forget Shores Thor's showdown with Mr. Hyde. That's our cover blurb. Now, this um, episode issue, however you want to term it, was written by Stan Lee and illustrated by Don Heck. Just want to share that at the outset. Right. We have a tendency to forget that if we don't uh-huh. we don't get it out there. And I'm sure that. There are some listeners who, you know, will be interested in that information. We, uh, we're have not. Have we seen a lot of, have we seen a lot of heck? Not a lot. We've seen some. I didn't think so. But, but not a whole lot. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's no, okay. All right. So, uh, we picked this up with the police looking for Thor because Hyde imitated him. Masqueraded as uh, Thor. Actually took his form. I mean, he looked like Thor. And he got into some deviltry, uh, making people think that Thor had turned bad or had turned rogue uh, at the end of issue 99. That was a big cliffhanger. Uh, for, <laughs> for That was cliffhanger music, in case you didn't recognize that. Um, going into issue 100. So now we pick up that story. Uh, Thor's flying around trying to figure out, you know, what, what the heck's going on? Why, why is everybody turning against me you know they're they're saying all these things and i i didn't do any of these things and then he uh reflects back to how mr hyde uh broke into his office looking for mm, 
what was it? He was looking for a job. Right? He wanted what, to work for Blake. His original run in with Blake was that he was looking for a job and Blake told him no, that he knew of him and would not hire him. Right. And so he had come back because he wanted to, he, he hated everything that Blake was. Okay, that's right. And this is a, uh, remembering of the second time Hyde came back because that's when he pushed Blake out the window. Uh-huh. Blake fell, turned into Thor, and because of that ultimately defeated him. Well, ultimately got away. He didn't really defeat Do- Dr. Hyde because he got away. Well, I thought that's where he flew around the building and, and came and, and beat him in that particular. But he didn't really defeat him because he well, still got away. Right, yeah. He didn't, yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, then we've got um, Thor reflecting back. Um, he's decided he needs to go back to the office and become Blake, um, check in on Jane, make sure she's okay. And that causes him to think back on his final or his, his most recent discussion about the mortal Jane Foster with his father, Odin, which, of course, Odin said one thing, and it's completely different from the way Thor took it, but – that's for them to hash out down the road. Mm-hmm. So Thor gets back, reverts to Blake, and they uh, go out on a dinner date that's been uh, pre-planned. For her birthday. Her birthday dinner. And, of course, you know, she's uh, talking about how good a time she's having, and he's hoping that he doesn't get interrupted by having to turn into Thor. Um, unbeknownst. Hyde is close enough that he's hearing them, over overhearing them. And he pops up at the dinner party and takes them both hostage at gunpoint, which I thought was kind of amusing because him being this big, you know, strong, to resort to using guns, you know, that'd be like Thor using a gun. Uh-huh. Although he kind of does because he has his hammer. But, uh, but that's, So Hyde um, takes them hostage, forces Blake to drive them out to a secret lair on the outskirts of town, which is where all bad guys have a secret lair. Uh, it looks kind of castle-ish by the little uh, silhouette here, but they didn't really need to put a whole lot of time into what the hideout looked like. Um, hideout, huh? Hideout, yes. Uh, it's, that's a little little bit of humor there for you guys. Still haven't got to the store to buy the good humor. <laughs> right, cur- courtesy of Terry. That's okay. Thank you. Um, we see that Hyde has built a bomb that is set to go off in 24 hours, and he and Jane Foster are going out. Hyde, being he, he's going to use her for something, and basically he's letting her know now that if you mess up my plans and we don't get back here within 24 hours, this is going to blow up and your boyfriend there is going to go smush. No, not that kind of smush. So we see Hyde uh, taking Jane Foster to the local naval yard, and he's going to commandeer a submarine. A Polaris submarine. Apparently that's some big ooh-hoo-hoo military thing. It carries uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles with nuclear mm-hmm. warheads. So that's, and I'm sure at the time, it's probably brand new that this book was written. It was a yeah, it was a newer, pretty big deal. But those are the, the Polaris are the submarines that have ICBMs that they can launch off the coast of California, 
across North America and hit Russia. Basically, they can go the long way around the planet and hit Russia, which I don't know why they wouldn't go this side. But I, I remember that when I was little reading about those, that that was the big thing that they could, you know, launch missiles roughly, what, three quarters of the way around the world, something like that. So, um, so hi, seduce the guard. And we cut back to Blake. We see Blake is trying to get to his cane. Uh, ultimately, he does. Taps it, changes to Thor. Big burly Thor busts the bonds that he's got on him. And he flies off, not knowing exactly where they went. He's intent on scouring the city until I find them. For find them, I must well, that makes all the difference. I mean, when you really, really have to do something, that means you'll be able to do it. I, I assume so. Makes it easier. Okay, so, well, yeah. Um, back to Hyde and Jane at the Naval Yard. Uh, the disturbance has drawn more guards who are trying to gather up help to stop Hyde. We see that Odin decides to check in on his son and from Asgard... Uh, starts watching, and he sees that uh, Hyde has taken this, you know, mortal woman hot, and that Thor is trying to apprehend them. Thor arrives on scene and basically challenges Hyde to try to get his attention away from Jane. They tussle a little bit here. Hyde rips some parts off the submarine that he's stealing, which I didn't understand. Thor um, breaks into the submarine, basically meaning that Hyde can't submerge, which I don't know that they really address that. But So Thor rips into the submarine, uh, finds Hyde. They have another tussle. Jane, um, in, in the tussle, Thor drops his hammer. Jane, uh, Jane, hides his hammer. So that he... Will be defeated. Right, because if they prolong this, the 24 hours will elapse and the bomb will blow. So she's actually trying to help Hyde do what he wants to do so that they can get back to the hideout. Right. Whereas instead, she could just, like, you know, let Thor win and then her and Thor could go back to the hideout. Exactly. Help Thor get it over with faster. Right. Yeah, she chose the wrong option. Right. And both of them could have led where she wants to go. Right. So. She, she okay. just she was excited. So, so so when women get excited, they don't they Think don't work properly well upstairs. Sometimes, sometimes that's that's true. You you heard it here, guys. Just remember that 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 was a female admitting that too. So we see Thor and Hyde uh, still fighting. Thor whips up a windstorm, uh, separates Hyde from his gun. In the process, the windstorm. Obscures the vision just in time for Thor to revert back to Don Blake, which he knew was coming up because he he's not able to find his hammer. But as Thor, uh, excuse me, as Blake scrambles around, he finds the hammer, uh, does his his presto changeo, turns back into Thor. He and Jane have a little tête-à-tête where she tells him what's going on with Don. Meanwhile, Hyde gets away. So after two issues, he gets away, man. Can you yeah, believe yeah. that? So now Thor um, stops briefly to tell the authorities what's been going on, and then he heads off to save Blake. 
but she never told him where Blake was or, or where the hideout was. She, you know, she basically she told him where he was, but not where that location was. Uh, and she realizes that. But how does Thor know where Hyde's castle is or even that Don is in the castle? Hmm. Cue dramatic music here. Um, we see at the end of all this that, um, Odin is, is even more set that he made the right decision because he saw Jane impede Thor's battle. And he knows that Jane is who Thor is after and decides, well, you know, see there, this woman even got in your way. So all the better that I said no. And Thor is upset. Oh, you can't say no at the end here. And that's the the final scene is him vowing that he will be happy with this woman. Someday. Okay, so that was uh, issue 100 of Journey into Mystery. Uh, Terry, any any particular thoughts, likes, dislikes? And that stuff's really making me hungry. I thought it was a good story, and he's referring to the cooking channel that we have on mute. <laughs> um, I thought it was a good story. Um, we have talked before about how we like him to have foes that might possibly actually win and or get away, and Mr. Hyde has done that twice now, has gotten away. So, you know, that, that's good that he has some actual competition. And he got away not necessarily by, like, Beating, beating Thor down. Thor, right. He got away by being sneakier, trickier, slimier, yeah. even though he's a big, you know, muscle, toe to toe kind of guy. Uh-huh. That's not how they're writing him as getting away. So. Right. Okay. Um, I, I like the story. Um, it, it's cool to be reading these and seeing the origins of these characters that I know either I have seen multiple times throughout my reading or that I just know are still around. I mean, I don't, I don't read as many Marvel comics as I used to, but I still keep up with storylines and characters. So I, I have a, a pretty good idea of what everybody's doing and where they're at. And, uh, you know, seeing these people pop back up after, you know, knowing that, dang, they started 40 years ago and they still pull them out and use them. So, mm-hmm. and even more than that, Stan Lee <laughs> created these characters and they still pull them out and use them. That kind of, uh, gives, in, in my mind, gives you a little insight into Stan Lee's mind that these characters that he's creating have staying power. So, alright. Uh, moving on here, we've got issue 101 of Journey into Mystery. Uh, Terry, you said you wanted to do the talk through on this one? Yes, sir, I did. Okay. And this mystery is also a return of a bad guy, Zarko the Tomorrow Man. We have seen him before. And when we last saw him, he had lost his memory, I do believe. Zarko? Zarko. Yes. So, so you're saying we saw Zarko the Tomorrow Man yesterday? And we're talking or, about him or today. The day, or the day before. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the at the end of the way Thor defeated him was he took his memory from him, and uh, the people in his time took him and said, you know, okay, we'll. He's a good scientist. We'll keep him. And we'll we'll set him on the on the right track and, and keep yeah. an eye on him. So this one, 
starts with the um, well, the cover is Thor swinging his hammer as Zarko is being lowered into the scene by a big robotic hand. The mighty Thor thrills you as never before in the return of Zarko, the Tomorrow Man. And this one also is is Stan Lee, and this is um, drawn by Jack Kirby this time. Yeah. Yeah. Lee and Kirby, my favorite duo. So it, it begins with Thor on a rampage. Odin, I've got to see Odin get out of my way. Where's Odin? And all the people are going, stand back, get out of his way. Well, look, he's already he's chipped the fire hydrant, and he's busted the litter basket, and they're all just scrambling to get out of his way. And then Thor sees them all, and he tells them to get out of his way, that he has other things to do, that he has lost interest in their puny little lives, that he has more things to worry about. And this is the first time I remember this in reading the Thors, but apparently he's being monitored by some other superheroes because there's a message from the ants coming in to the Ant-Man, and he says it sounds urgent. Yes. That's because in the Avengers title, uh-huh. Thor, Ant-Man, Wasp, Iron Man, and the Hulk mm-hmm. were the original Avengers. So these guys are already teammates, and I guess for Ant-Man, word is kind of out to his little ant buddies. You know, hey, if you see anything uh, about any of our peeps, be sure to let me know. You know, that way we can all just keep a heads up on each other and I'll be like the the information center. And when things are happening to other team members, you guys tell me and, and I'll pass it on. But didn't we start reading these Thor from the beginning in this journey into mystery from the beginning of Thor? Yeah. It, it, I've heard no mention of this allegiance in this series of books. You're right. And and uh, it, it's kind of disappointing that this is the the way that they first introduce they introduce it. them yeah but but that's a that's a completely separate book um i would i would have to check into it i don't know by this point how long it's been going on um uh, but but it's probably a year and a half or two years so there's you know 15 18 20 avengers books that have piled up up to this that point. had thor in them most of them. I mean, yeah, th- those were other stories that he did that we have no idea from just reading this book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie in this You don't want to start covering Thor uh, Avengers 2, do you? No. Okay, good. Okay. So. Ant-Man and, and Wasp. But he's not just Ant-Man. He's also Giant-Man. Um, he has different personas. He started. The, he started the, out as Ant-Man. Does he have an umbrella persona that covers them all, or do you just refer to him as whoever he is at the moment? Well, he is Hank Pym. Hank. Hank. He's a, he's a scientist. He's one of the five, what did they say, five or seven uh, smartest men in the Marvel Universe. So he's like way up there. Him and Tony Stark. And, and some others. Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. and some. Um, he created – found he discovered this thing called the pim particle and the pim particle is what he would bathe himself in that allowed him to shrink to the size of an ant he then went when he discovered that went and created a helmet that allowed him to talk to ants that was who he was when the avengers were first pulled together 
by Loki. Okay. Loki is the one that tricked them into getting together. So even more, a tighter tie-in to the Thor universe, Mm -hmm. and we still have no knowledge of that in here. Yeah. Um, Then after a little while, Iron Man in the big suit of armor, the Hulk being the big – Thor being a big burly man, he he felt like his was too small, so he wanted his to be bigger. And um, by fiddling with the pin particles, he then discovered that they will also allow you to grow, so you can use them and determine which you want to do. So he retired, for the most part, the Ant-Man persona, even though he still has the equipment that allows him to communicate, Uh and took on the Giant Man persona. Okay. And that's who, which, which is, uh, now that I, I think about it, would allow us, if we looked at the Avengers books, to try to place this a little bit more because we know that it's after he retired the one guys and picked up the other. Okay. But, but that's that's why, um, you know, will you change into Giant Man or Ant Man? He's got the Ant Man stuff. He says I'm going to be Giant Man. Um, up till now. Those aren't the only personas he'll use. Okay. He's still got another three or four that he'll go through up up to current. Okay. So. All right. He's an ever-evolving man. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the ants have told him apparently that Thor's having issues and being all uh, hypersensitive. So they decide to go and talk to him. So he's turning into Giant Man. The girl's turning into Wasp. Mm-hmm. And they are alerting Iron Man. Right. That, that there's a problem. So Iron, so Tony Stark is putting on his Iron Man costume, and they're all going in search of Thor. And apparently Wasp has a big old crush on Giant Man. I'll just mention that for the ladies out there. Yeah, Cause they because she's, she's talking about following him to the ends of the earth. You big dreamboat. They end up getting married. Oh, very good. I, I don't think they're married yet. There is no Odin to stop them. But they end up getting married. Yeah, except later on he ends up beating her and goes to jail for it. But. Oh, well, that's just lovely. Yeah. All right, back to this story. Okay, they they find Thor, and there's a truck about to running down because he's not paying a bit of attention. And, of course, he tears the truck to smithereens. And the the uh, the giant man and Iron Man are talking to the, to the truck driver saying, you know, we're really sorry. And he's like, oh, man, it's the Avengers themselves. And Thor has just kept walking. He doesn't care. So they start chasing after him, and they're like, what's wrong, Thor? What's wrong? What's wrong? And he's like, no one can help me. Go away. Leave me alone. And they're like, oh, you just get a little too smart for your own britches there, boy, and you need to just listen to us. And Iron Man's like, no, it's he's right. It's none of our business. He's a big fella. He knows what he's doing. So then we cut to Thor standing on the docks going, my life is meaningless. My father will not allow me to marry the woman I love. Wah, wah, wah. Sorry. So he's pining. He's pining. Yes, he's pining. Sitting on the dock of the bay. Dock of the bay. Wasting time. Yeah. Yeah. About so. And it switches over to to Odin and Loki. Loki has opened up a tunnel so that Odin can see what's going on with his beloved son, Thor. And he says he's still troubled about this girl. And Loki's like, yeah, Dad, and you told him to put him out of his mind. So you really should punish him for being disobedient. And, of course, Odin's like, that's right, he shall be punished. He reduces Thor's power by half. He no longer has control of the storms and the elements, and he can no longer come home. 
until he gives up all these thoughts of this mortal girl that's not deserving and worthy. Ain't that just like a papa? Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm telling you. Because, and, and the reason why Odin says this is he flashes back to our previous story where it looks like Jane is trying to help Mr. Hyde defeat Thor when actually Jane is all worried about Don and is trying to save him. But Odin doesn't, can't see that and doesn't know that. So he's just thinking that this woman just gets in the way and, and would be in Thor's way and be a little albatross around his neck for his whole life. So she's not worthy. So, Thor is not aware of any of this happening and his raging rampant, and he's decided to go back and talk to his father once again because he's upset about this whole Jane Foster thing. And they try to stop him on the Rainbow Bridge. Who tries to stop him? Hemdel. Hemdel. Tries to stop him. And he's like, I'm going to see my father. And Hemdel's like, no, you're not allowed. And he's like, get out of my way, you petty little thing. And tries to defeat Hemdel and cannot. And during the ensuing fight and everything, Hemdel tells him, you know, you've lost half of your powers. You no longer have the strength and the powers that you had before. And finally, when he realizes he's being defeated by Hemdel, he says, oh, it's true. Odin has taken my powers, and I'm no longer in favor. But he can't deny me. He has to talk to me. He's my father. But there's no answer. And Loki, of course, the mischievous one is standing there laughing about the whole thing and thinks, I have a golden opportunity to finally defeat Thor, what I've been trying to do for ages, and I'm going to take my opportunity. And he goes and he looks through the portal. Well, he goes to, to Nornheg. Nornheg, N-O-R-N-H-A-G, and commands them to show them the well of centuries so that he can look through time and find an, an appropriate foe for Thor. And he chooses Zarko. And he gives him back his memory. Okay, now I was just looking up the, the, the Norn hag. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay. the hag is what she is. Norn is, is her... her name. No, it's her like nationality, like oh, okay. Norse gods. She's okay. a Norn hag okay. who is in command of the Well of Centuries, um, and so uh, Norse mythology has these um, soothsayers, mm-hmm. and they are often called Norns, okay. et cetera, et cetera. So that's so Loki finds. The tomorrow man gives him back his memory and reminds him that it was Thor that brought him to this low, low place and that he needs to do something about it. Nice. So he he proceeds to do so. He he gets all his smarts and 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 uses all the everything at his hands at his fingertips and he returns. He decides I'm going to return again to the 20th century and again steal their most powerful weapon. But he is taking with him an indestructible mining robot after he has altered the plans a little bit so that the robot will do what he wants him to do. And our next scene is the 20th century, and there's this big glowing box that's appeared out of nowhere. And suddenly it opens up, and there is the mining robot and the Tomorrow Man. And he says, he tells them all to stand back. I am the Tomorrow Man. I am your master. And... This is my great machine, and the beams from the machine's eyes melt the policeman's guns, so they have nothing that they can do to 
Combat, the big robot. So slowly but surely, he, he starts tearing up the city and, and, and showing his power and replacing the building and tearing up the building, hoping that Thor will hear of his shenanigans and come to find him because that's why he's ultimately there is to defeat Thor. And Dr. Blake does see something on the news and says, I can't sit here and brood about my problems with Jane and my fight with my father. I must go out there and fight the foe that's here. So he said he changes into Thor and he goes to find the tomorrow man. Even though his strength has been reduced, he feels that he can still defeat him. So he goes out to find him and the first thing he sees is, <laughs> is the robot. And the robot has taken the building that he tore down and placed it across the road <laughs> as a big traffic block. Nice roadblock. I'm telling you, there's cars on either side. One, two, three, four stories. Uh-huh. There's, it was a four-story building that he ripped up and just plopped on the four-lane highway uh, across the highway, blocking traffic. Okay. <laughs> so Thor tries to tear the building up so that the traffic, I guess, can. But when he hits it with his hammer, it doesn't do hardly any damage whatsoever, and he realizes, oh yeah, I'm, I'm messed up here. And there's a big gust of wind, and it's the it's the robot capturing him. And the Tomorrow Man said, in the 23rd century, these robots were used for digging mines through rock-hard earth, but here it serves a still better purpose. It has caught Thor for me. And Thor's like catching the god of thunder and holding him. Tomorrow Man are two different things. He's talking awful big for a man with half his powers. Half his strength, yeah. I'm telling you. It was all he could there. He finally opened up the hand, and, and he got away from the big robot. And now he's trying to magnetize him into a harmless pile of tin. And at first it seems to work, but then the magnetic current ceases. And the, and the robot gets back up again. And he's hit with, and Thor is hit with an explosive force which the robot used to blast entire mountains in the future. And due to the fact that his strength has been reduced by half, he's hurled away like a toy. So now the tomorrow man is standing over him saying, at least at last you realize I am your superior and you cannot defeat me. He says, you, I, you will return to the 23rd century and do my bidding. And if you refuse, I'll order my robot to do a rampage and, and destroy everything until the, nothing remains on the surface of the earth. And Thor says, I can't let it do that. So I'm going to have to agree to go to the 23rd century. And the tomorrow man's like, ha, I knew I would win. And triumphantly, they get into the little capsule thing that brought him down to take him to the 23rd century. And Loki's up there laughing. And Odin's like, oh, no, my son, my son has given in to a mere mortal man. This this can't be happening. And Loki's like, this is all so perfect. And if Thor helps the evil tomorrow man conquer the 23rd century, Odin will never forgive him. And no one will know that I was behind the whole thing. And that's where we end. We end with Thor being whisked away to the 23rd century and Loki laughing his little head off. So it looks like we've got a second consecutive two-page story, a multi – or not story book, a multi-book storyline. Yeah. So, okay, that's pretty cool. So uh, what would you think about that one? I kind of liked it. It's It was – I like it like, like we said in the last story and we've said way before, you know, it's good when he has a foe that – he can actually do something against, and it might not have been so evenly 
worked out if if Odin hadn't stolen half his power. So hopefully Odin will give him his power back so he can defeat. I don't understand why he's saying it's too much to bear. My son has given up to a mere mortal when he stole half of Thor's powers. So what other choice did Thor have? Right, yeah. That kind of makes me mad that Odin didn't, like, click with that. He's not the quickest. Well, uh-huh. yeah. That's, that's the thing with uh, the way that a lot of times these uh, gods are portrayed is that they, uh, they they have a wisdom that seems to be fleeting. You know, they have it sometimes with in great in- insight, and other times they're uh, dumb as a rock, you know. Yep. so. All right. All right, so now we turn to something a little more current. Uh, now we have up issue 616, which is funny because that's also Marvel's designation for the uh, dimension that this world is in that we read about in typical Marvel comics. This is Earth 616. Oh, okay. So to you know, have a way to separate it from all the alternate futures and and possible pasts and all these other things that they write about. This is Earth 616 Um, of the current Thor title. This one opens up in Stockton. We see the Biddy Brigade, um, which using the word Biddy as it applies to females uh, automatically should give you an image of the, the type of females we're dealing with here are Entering a house, uh, each bearing a covered dish and talking to a gentleman and he indicates to them, well, she's been doing fine, but she hasn't eaten any of the food anyone else has brought. And he shows them the kitchen and there's covered dishes all over the kitchen. So we see that this, um, as guardian female Kelda is holed up in a, in a house in Stockton somewhere. And as is typically the country way, uh, in times of mourning, which is what she's doing, she's pining, mourning over her dead husband, I would assume, at this point. Uh, and they are bringing, uh, bereavement food. And this is yet another delivery of the bereavement food. So, we see Kelda, and she is, yes, indeed, oh, is me, my bill, oh... And the three women basically are like, girl, you got to snap out of this. You know, your boy Bill's not coming back. That's unfortunate, but you got to move on. And and here, if anything is going to help you move on, this one lady says, it's my soup. So here. Matzo ball soup. Yes, meaning she's a nice Jewish lady. Yes. Uh, The matzo ball soup. This good in the middle of Podunk, Broxton, Oklahoma. She says it's a miracle. So. We cut to the – yes? You missed the most important bubble that I thought was very – Uh-oh. What did I miss? Trust me. This is soup that's worth eating even if the world is coming to an end. Oh, so you think there's some sort of foreshadowing there? Bump, bump, Ah, uh, okay. Bump. Yeah, I don't recognize this old woman. I don't know that we've seen her anywhere. So, yeah, but you're right. That does play into these – World eaters or whatever you want to call them that are attacking. Uh, we cut to the scientist, and I don't off the top of my head recall his name, but he's got Volstag in a car with him, and they are driving to Asgard. And Volstag is having a very good time riding. 
Cutting to Asgard, we see Thor and Balder going through the a, a, a trophy hall vault that Odin had. And uh, recalling last issue, Thor is feeling kind of melancholy, sorting through the possessions of his deceased father mm-hmm. on top of missing his half-brother Loki. So he's just a, a dour, glum kind of uh, – and and Balder is kind of trying to cheer him up, but cheer him up by being more realistic rather than by blowing smoke up his skirt. So neither one of them are in a particularly pleasant mood. And Volstag brings up this human scientist uh, into what is a, a sacred and revered room in the in the castle, being mm-hmm. Odin's. Um, trophy room and Thor is insulted that a, that a human would dare tread here. And he and Balder start to personally dispatch this man. But Volstagg says, wait, wait, you know, I, I brought him here for a reason. He has a, a story to tell you about what is going on. And he attempts to explain to them what is going on, but they, they don't really seem all that moved, uh, partly because of their mood, partly because he's a mortal. So they kind of give him a short shift and, and move on. We move to the um, world eaters, I guess, for, for lack of a better name. And no Athox. Yeah, I don't know. If that's a place or if that's their name, Anno Athox shall be our home no more. So it's a place. Okay, so this is the world that they are leaving that is dying. Um, We see just glimpses of what these people are like. Uh, We hear them talking to each other. We see that this, their leader, Althanathoth, Althana Thoth. Mm-hmm. That's not sauce, mind you. That's Thoth, T-H-O-T-H. Um, is some powerful creature because he indicates that by force of will, he has been preventing the universe that they are in from being destroyed. And a, uh, a, a messenger has come back from the... Oh, I'm sorry, not universe, actually. I, I think that it's the entire dimension. The dimension that they are in, and a messenger has come from the dimension that Elfheim is in, indicating, Lord, we have found a place. It is suitable. We must now go because there's nothing for us left in this dimension. And we see Thoth go on about how powerful he is, and, and he's very egomaniacal. And they leave, and in leaving, we see this, again, like I said, I believe it's a whole dimension, just implode. Because I think these people went there, plundered, and sucked it dry, and they sucked it so dry that it was not able to sustain itself. So when they left, it ceased to be. That's the way I read it. Now, um, Miss Terry, you kind of see that a different way? Didn't, didn't you explain to me that you think that 
what they're doing is the they're escaping the natural death of that place. That's what I that's how I'm seeing it. Okay. That there has been a rift caused through all the universes because of Asgard's movement. Mhm. And this is just the first of the universes that's imploding upon its in in upon itself because Soth has has said in one of his rants he's like I am the one that found a way to bust through out of our universe into another so that we can save ourselves. You know, it's all me. And I just think that their world just suddenly started falling apart around them and they had to find somewhere else to go. Okay. And you think that Asgard falling caused the destruction of where they were and so they had to find another place to be. It's like the ripple effect, I think. Asgard moving caused a ripple and this is just the first of of the universes that we're seeing that's imploding upon itself and they're having to move on and I think it's just what well later that's later on okay all right so now uh, we see the leader of these people uh, has now traveled to Alfheim and he is uh, seems to be much relieved to be out from under the strain of keeping the other whatever universe dimension whatever going all this time so um, my take on this is that he is powerful but now he's even more powerful because all the energy he was expending to keep that going he's not expending he has now so all right cutting back to the castle at asgard asgard itself uh we get back to thor and balder discussing uh Odin being gone and also discussing Thor's missing of his brother Loki. And Balder is like, Thor, dog, you can't bring Loki back. Look at all the trouble he caused. You know, he died in a good way. You know, it's not like there's something to avenge or anything like that. He died in battle. He was just a pain in the tuchus and he's gone. Let that be. And Thor's like, he, he's my brother. I can't let that be. <laughs> so uh, Thor flies off uh, perhaps to do something, perhaps on a quest for Loki, perhaps uh, to find some solace for himself. It's not, not overly clear, but he flies off. We see Hemdal, who, again, whose job it is as the seer to watch over the entrance to Asgard and be able to warn well before any kind of attack. And as Hemdel is is looking out over space and time, uh, apparently he sees these coming world eaters and he physically succumbs to um, their potential destructiveness. It, 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 is, it is like a force against him and he, he falls – um, crying for Thor to return, having seen this horrible vision in, in looking out. Uh, so now we see that Thor has indeed gone out to try to find Loki. And the last several scenes of the book are him calling down lightning, it looks like. Uh, maybe he's reaching out, but very dramatic lightning, and he cries, Loki, come forth. So he's um, 
apparently trying to call his half-brother back from the dead. Not really sure how that works. And so there ends issue 616 of the current Thor volume. Um, that was written by Mr. Matt Fraction and drawn by Mr. Pascal Pasquel Ferry. And so, Miss Terry, your thoughts? I, um, as I've said before, I'm not too fond of this, this particular story and, and, and I like the one previous with the, the sorry and, and all of that. But I'm, I'm intrigued, however, on how they're going to explain this stuff because you and I have even had spirited discussions about what we think is, is happening with the right. other universes in the world and stuff. So it does, it does intrigue and it does lead to discussion. So I guess it's doing its job. Right. It, it's making you want to get to the can, next issue to see. Right. So, so you can see what's, what's going to happen next. So. Yeah, I have to say um, I've I've read uh, Fraction on other things, and I'm I'm not all that impressed with his start on this book. Um, the the point that he decided to start with just is not it, it's not grabbing me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I weren't wanting to buy this book, I don't know that this story would necessarily be enough to keep me getting it. It's kind of nah. Um, the art, I like the art. Um, it's, uh, I think it's, it's clear when it needs to be clear. I think it's, it's big and bold and, and kind of rounded curves and billowy when they're dealing with the gods with these big issues and these big people. And it just seems to, the art seems to get broad. But then in the beginning with these women, and, and the, the home and Keldon, the art seemed to me to be very confined. So I, I, I'm not sure how he's managing to do that, to be honest. But that was just kind of the way it, it I and, perceived it. And I'm kind of wondering what part Kendra's going to play because she's quite obviously, I mean, she started this right. book out. So I can't imagine she's not going to have a part to play yeah. somewhere down the road. Yeah, ho- Hopefully. Um, you know, now it could be that uh, Fraction is setting things up for the future, and right. she doesn't play a part in this particular story. But he apparently does have um, plans for her. Obviously, he has plans for Loki. I I feel confident that Thor is going to bring Loki back. Yeah, I don't know why. So, um, so yeah, you've got the Kelda thing. You've got Loki being brought back to do whatever deviltry he does. You've got these these world eaters that you know it might be clear to some people what's going on with that, but it's not really clear to me. I don't know. Me either yet. You know, I don't know if that's me, uh, if it's truly the story, or you know. Um, and then you've got Eric as Chicken Little. Yeah. The, the scientist dude. This, yeah. It's Eric, and he's Chicken Little. Trying to tell them. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. So now I do like that, that that Fraction is, uh, you know, he's not tied all this up yet, but you see these different strands of story that could be all wrapped up into one rope by the end. And you're like, oh, okay. So maybe, you know, ultimately what will happen is Eric will be used to clear up what's going on with the world eaters with 
Loki and Kelda just being stories later on, something like that. So, all right. Well, guys, that is the books that we wanted to discuss this episode. If you uh, do want to get in touch with us, you can do so at the Mighty Thor Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, our website is at comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. We do have forums that you can access off of the uh, podcast website if you want to, to play in forums. Uh, the place that Terry and I most frequent is Facebook, and we do have a fan page for the podcast there on Facebook. Just look up Mighty Thor Podcast, and that'll that'll point you to it. As ever, we want to thank Mr. Derek Coward, uh, who also has been spending more and more time on Facebook, I've noticed. Uh, we play several games together, so I, I do know that he's been on there as well. And um, I guess, uh, Terry, do you have anything else, anywhere else to go? Well, you have nowhere else to go because we're snowed in. Snowed in. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anything else you want to you wanna add? No, just looking forward to seeing where uh, the gentleman's trying to take us. All righty. Uh, you guys uh, that do want to read ahead, uh, next episode, we will be discussing issues 102, 103, and 104 of the 1952 volume of Journey into Mystery. So those will be what we have on tap for next episode, which hopefully will be coming out uh, a lot sooner than this one did from episode 8. Thanks again for hanging in there. Uh, tell all your friends, uh, everybody that might be interested in Thor, to uh, to give us a listen. Hopefully uh, between now and the summer when uh, the movie comes out, we'll be able to help some people get interested and, and help maybe make Thor a, a really kick-ass movie. Uh, this week, the first official trailer has hit the Internet. So there's been a lot of buzz about the first actual trailer that's been released. Well, I don't know that it's been released, but has been found. So, you know, the, the hype machine has been in full force this week, and hopefully it'll, it'll keep going, and the movie will, uh, will hopefully live up to that. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see the movie myself. So, all right, guys. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, try to stay warm. Uh, try to figure a way to get out and get you some supplies if you're on the eastern side of the country. Otherwise, Terry and I will see you with episode 10. Talk to you guys later. Bye.